Well, once again, welcome Vine Fam, wherever you're listening around the world. If I haven't had the pleasure to meet you yet, my name is Tyler West. I get to serve as the founder and lead pastor of the Vine Church here in Spartanburg, and we would love to connect with you today. The easiest way for you to do that today, even follow along with us in the sermon, in the message, take your own notes, connect with us, let us know how we can pray for you, all that good stuff, is our Vine Church app. You can download that today at the Vine slash app. Let us know your prayer request. Maybe you don't want to download our app. We would love for you to do that. It's the easiest way to connect and find out about us. But maybe you're just watching on social media somewhere. If we can pray for you, please just shoot us a message. Let us know. We would love to partner in prayer with you in whatever season you're walking in as we continue in our series today called The Best Summer Ever. And what we're learning and walking through in this series is how to live life to the fullest. Now, last week we started off in Psalm 23 and we learned about lack nothing now, Psalm 23 is a familiar psalm. It's one of those psalms that uh, many of us, if we grew up in church, we memorized perhaps. But wherever you are, Psalm 23 is perfect for the season that we're in. Last week, we talked about lack of nothing and the importance of rest. Well, today we're going to continue in Psalm 23 and learn about refreshes my soul. Refreshes my soul. So if you've got your Bible today, go ahead and get to Psalm 23. If you're struggling to find it, cut your Bible in half, keep flipping left, you'll run into Psalm 23. Hey, if you're watching online, wherever you are around the world, our Vine production team's incredible. You're going to see the scripture underneath me. You may only see my face above it, but wherever it is, you're going to see the scripture because I wanted to be sure you get this painting. It'll make sense here in a minute behind me uh, in here. Wherever you are, hopefully it'll make sense, or you can follow along with us on our Vine Church app. Uh, once again, and you can take notes and see all the scripture we're going to walk through today. But go ahead and get to Psalm 23. And if we're completely honest, as we're going into this summer Sabbath, this time last year, we were in the middle of a pandemic. Like, there weren't fireworks. Many of us were locked down, shut in, and pretty much shut up because we were trying to figure out what in the world to do. Do we wear seven masks, 18 masks? Is there a vaccine on the way? Many of us lost loved ones in this season. Like, many of us were just walking through chaos and tension and we took a deep breath and we thought when we stepped into 2021 that all this chaos and tension would disappear but we find ourselves in the midst of more chaos and tension than ever before and it can leave many of us asking the question what in the world do we do now you see psalm 23 is going to attack that question to the core wherever you are because the question isn't really, what do we do now? The question we're really asking is, what is life really about? What is life really about? So if you've got your Bible today, go ahead and get to Psalm 23. We're going to be in verse 2 and 3, the back half of verse 2, and all the way through verse 3 today as we talk about refreshes my soul. Refreshes my soul. Now, last week we had some fun with this. We got to learn about a book from Philip Keller called A Shepherd's A Shepherd Looks at Psalm 23. It's awesome. We're going to be continuing to get excerpts from that all the way through. We're going to talk a little bit about that as well. But it's so important for us to see the shepherd and the sheep and the importance of this psalm as David wrote it, and we as God's people, his sheep and he the shepherd. So if you've got your Bible today. Go ahead and get to Psalm 23, and we're going to start in the back half of verse 2, and it says this. He leads me beside quiet waters. He leads me beside 
quiet waters. Now, growing up in church, maybe you memorized Psalm 23. It's such a familiar psalm. Maybe you remember it being, he leaves me beside still waters. Your version may say, he leaves me beside calm waters. Wherever you are, know that it says, he leads me beside quiet waters. Philip Keller, in that book, A Shepherd Looks at Psalm 23, talks about what sheep need and the importance of sheep needing water. I had the, I had the privilege of hanging out with uh, my one, really my best friend this past week. We were looking at a house uh, and it was on a river and it was incredible. And I don't know about you, but there's something about the house on a river. There's just something about hearing running water that just calms our soul. As a matter of fact, wherever you are, maybe, maybe you're new to this Jesus thing. Maybe you don't even quite sure you've got questions about Jesus. We're so thankful that you are here. I want you to know we're so glad to connect with you today. You are always welcome here. We welcome your questions. We would love to walk with you through them. But there's something about water wherever you are that just, then it just quiet your soul. A lot of times if you're in meditation or you're trying to do things like you just close your eyes and think about a leaf traveling down the water. See, David is saying the shepherd, that is Christ, and we, his sheep, leads us to still waters if we follow him. And, and Philip Keller in his book talks about the importance of water to a sheep because a water needs, a sheep, excuse me, needs water for restoration to live. And that's no different for you or I. We are made up of over 60% water. We need water to live. As a matter of fact, we can go without food for weeks, but we can only go merely days as human beings without water. Water is important. And just like sheep, the thing is a shepherd knows if a sheep is not well watered, it will do anything it can to get water even to its own detriment. It will drink stale parasite-ridden water just so that it can have something to satisfy its tongue, to calm its thirst. And you see, we're the same way. We're looking for something to calm our thirst. Some of us right now, wherever you are, you've dipped your toe in the waters of the world so much and you're finally realizing it's never satisfied. And as we come out of this season, the question you ask is you said, I've sampled the water everywhere else and it's parasite ridden and it only led me to more detriment than it did to life. And I've got good news for you, my friend, because Jesus Christ is the living water and he promises and he shows us that when we give our life to him so surrender our life to him, give him lordship of our life, receive the free gift of salvation he died to give us, we can have living water in us. Water that's not stale, water that's not parasite-ridden, water that's not something that hurts us or harms us, but water that restores us, water that gives us sustenance, water that sustains us. But the beauty is the water that he gives us, the living water, isn't something we keep inside of us. It's something that we can share with the world. You see, that's important for each and every one of us because in order for us to have water, we have to know what we're identified by. If we're identified by our street address, our bank account, or our career, or our status, or college degree, uh, what rings we have, what jewelry we have, what car we drive, those things will fade and fail. They are stale water that's parasite-ridden that will not help us sustain who we are created to be. But in Christ Jesus, if we are identified in Him, He will lead us to waters that restore and refresh our soul. 
You see, maybe you've been following Jesus for a while and you stuck on the treadmill of religion. And we talked about that last week a little bit. And we talked about the importance of rest. And the treadmill of religion will not allow you to rest. Instead, the treadmill of religion will tell you to do more for God. Then you can experience still waters. But you see, the thing is, there's something that's wrong with that. Because we can see that so many times what has to happen is in Christ Jesus, remember, he said on the cross, it is finished. We don't have to do more to receive rest. We receive rest because he's on it all. And because he's done it all, we can now lay in green pastures and be led by still waters. You see, in the crazy chaos that we're in right now, doesn't it seem that no one is created equal? You see, the, we're celebrating this as the nation in the United States. We have this thing called the Declaration of Independence. And I know I may catch flack for this, but I don't really care. If you, if you read it, it says, it, says, it says that we are all created equal, right? All of us. That, that, like in this time, we are endowed by our creator certain unalienable rights to life, liberty, and the pursuit of justice. We go in our constitution, we can see that, that, that we have this. Like, we are all created equal, but the world would say we're not created equal. We have a class system, and that one person is more important than the other. And Maybe you're wrapped up in that right now. And I want to tell you, even if you're a Christian, we don't need to be wrapped up in that right now, because I want to tell you why. Only in Christ are we equal. And the reason that we're equal and the reason that we can rest even in this chaos is because we're all made in his image. Jesus died for red, yellow, black, and white. He died for us all. And because of that, the ground is level at the cross, and each and every one of us are made equal and in his image. And so because if we can rest in that, we can be beside still waters. And when everyone's trying to figure out who's more important than the other, what class you're in, where you rank, what you do, this treadmill of religion that we can get stuck on, instead we can rest in the living water that is Christ, that is still water, giving us peace. And so wherever you are right now, I want you to see... Are you looking for still waters? The question is, are you continuing to, to, to deep dip your toe in religion, dip your toe in the ways of this world, or will you be surrounded by Christ and filled with the living water? Psalm 23.3 goes on to say in the very beginning, He refreshes my soul. He refreshes my soul. The shepherd not only leads me in green pastures, not only does he lead me beside still waters, he refreshes my soul. You know, in the end, our soul is what we're evaluated and judged by. In the end, all of us will give an account with what we did. You see, we're not bodies with a soul. We're souls with a body. And this little 70, 80, whatever years we have, whatever the life expectancy is at this point, is just a blip on the radar for the 80 million we're going to spend in eternity together, wherever we are. I want you to see that in the end, we will stand before God and we will give judgment and it will be what we did with our soul. Did we hang on to our soul? Did we try to lead ourselves? Did we try to save ourselves? Or did we surrender our soul and surrender our life and give lordship of our life to the only one who can give us life? Is that what we've done with our soul? You see, when we follow Christ Jesus, our soul can be refreshed. You see, David is reminding us in this psalm 
that because we're going to have judgment and because our soul is something that will be evaluated by, that in Christ we can have life. Now, here's the thing that I want to tell you, and we say this a lot at the Vine, so if you've been with us a while, thank you so much for hanging out with us, but I want you to understand this. What does this mean for my life with my soul? I have to treasure Christ over everything, even life itself. I treasure Christ over everything. And so the question for all of us, the convicting question, even for me as I get to be with you today is this. If we were to take inventory of our life, of all the things we treasure, where does Jesus fall on that list? Where does the kingdom of God fall on that list? Even if it's number three on that list, there are two things robbing us of our soul being satisfied because Jesus isn't our treasure. And so wherever you are, if you want to experience still waters, wherever you are, Jesus is the answer. If you want your soul to be refreshed, Jesus is the answer. And the thing is, you say, well, why would I treasure him over everything? Well, let me ask you this. Is it a question of how much he treasures you and I? So much so. God loves us so much so that he gave his one and only son, Jesus, who lived this perfect, sinless life we couldn't live. Because, you know, back in the Garden of Eden, we decided we knew better than God, right? Like, we took control of our soul and thought we could do better with our well-being than the great shepherd doing it for us. And so we tried to go our own way. We call that thing sin. Anything that's outside of the will of God is sin. And so we stepped outside of the will of God. So all of us are born sinners, and God loves us enough that he didn't want us to stay stay dead, stay sinning, and, and, and the wages of that sin is death. So he didn't want us to stay that way. So he gave his one and only son, Jesus, to live this perfect sinless life we couldn't live. And then that made us righteous. So we are seeing the fulfillment of the law because Jesus is that, but he loved us enough that he then goes to the cross, dies for our sin, dying for us, paying the penalty for our sin, but he still loves us enough that he didn't stay dead. He rose again on the third day so that we can have life and live it to the full because the same spirit that raised him from the dead is the spirit that is inside of each and every one of us so that we could be who we were created to be so that our soul could be refreshed. See, it's not a question of whether he treasures us. The question is whether we treasure him. A shepherd looks at Psalm 23. Philip Keller talks about four things that a sheep needs to have refreshment and restoration in their life, or rest and restoration. The first thing a sheep must have in order to have rest is they have to be free from fear. Free from fear. All fear is literally, uh, for, for the Christian versus the rest of the world, we're all going to experience fear in our life. The difference is this. When we walk through fear, those who are in Christ have a more glorious view of who God is to walk through it instead of being consumed by it. In other words, a Christian knows that they have surrendered lordship of their life, sovereignty of their life to God, and know that everything that happens in their life happens for a purpose, happens for a reason, and that everything in their life has been touched by God's hand. In other words, as Jesus said in Matthew 10, he talks about a sparrow does not fall without the Father knowing. Okay? So in other words... To be free from fear is to have a right view of God and Him being sovereign 
overall. Many of us are walking in fear right now. There's some empty chairs at the table of loved ones we've lost. The job that we thought we had isn't coming back. Maybe we fell behind on, on our bills and, and they're piling up and they're about to be due. I want you to know that in Christ, it doesn't mean that you're not going to have fear come in your life. It's that you surrender all you are to Him and you trust Him through it. So, the first thing for a sheep to have rest is to be free from fear. The second thing is free from friction with other sheep. Free from friction with other sheep. Free from friction with other sheep. Many of us right now, we can't rest because we're worried about what's trending and we're worried about what's happening on social media. We're worried about what's happening in the world around us. We're worried about all of these things and we're so much at friction with everyone else. We can't have our soul be refreshed. We can't rest. And if you're in Christ Jesus, that's not what he died for us for. That is not the life that he died to give us. Instead, Jesus has called us to have a life of forgiveness and reconciliation at its core. In other words, we let things go. Now, hear me out. This doesn't mean we're friends with everybody. It doesn't mean we just try to get along with everybody. What it means is we have a life of forgiveness and restoration. And even though I may not agree with you, and even though I may not like everything you're doing, you still have a seat at my table. And it's really not my table in the end. It's the Lord's table. We'll get into that next week even more as we dive into that. But for each and every one of us, what if we let go of the friction in our life? How refreshed would our soul be? How restored would our soul be? How much could we enjoy the still waters that he leads us to in our life? You see, all the way through right now in the church, it's really easy to get divided. We think that the world only divides, but believe it or not, even in the church, it's easy to be divided in the chaos that we're in right now. And here's the thing that I want to tell you about the church. Jesus prayed for us in John 17 to walk in unity. And many times that can be misconstrued, that can be anything. And this is what Jesus Jesus says we are to be united. United because the world is supposed to know us by seeing him in us because we love because he first loved us. So we should have his love going through us. But here's the thing I want to I clarify 100%. What does that mean? We as the church are unified around a few things. God created the heavens and the earth. We decided we knew better than God and stepped outside of the will of God and tried to take control of our soul and our life. And because of that, that is called sin. Anything outside of the will of God is sin. And because of that sin, the wages of it is death. But God loved us enough that he didn't want us to stay dead. He wanted us to have a way to live, to have life, to be exactly who he created us to be from the foundations of the earth. And he loved us so much, he gave his son, Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ lived the perfect sinless life we couldn't live, fulfilling the law. Died the death we deserve, paying the penalty of our sins on the cross, but loved us enough not to stay dead. He rose again on the third day so that we could have life and have to the full because the same spirit that raised him from the dead is the spirit that resides in those of us who have surrendered our life to him. There's one more thing to add to that. We believe, we believe that the word of God is infallible and inerrant. Outside of that, there's freedom. I don't, I, I don't care how you baptize. I just care if Jesus is your Lord and Savior. You say, well, well, what do you view marriage? Well, let me say, do you look through the lens of God's Word and you tell me what God's Word says about marriage and that's what we believe. 
Well, 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 what do you believe about speaking in tongues and what do you believe about that? Listen, there's freedom in Christ. We've gone through gifts of the, we've talked through the spiritual gifts. It's just in the perfect fit just a few series ago. Go to God's word, see what he has and walk in the freedom of it. You see, that's what the world should know us by. Not by what we fall and where we, where we blend in on a theory, how we feel about this, how we feel about that. Are we doing this? Are we doing that? Do we say the Apostles' Creed this way? Do we say it that way? What? No, 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 no. God is who he says he is. Jesus is who he says he is. And his word is inerrant and infallible. And we are sinners in need of a Savior. If we can't rally around that and share that with the world, then what in the world are we doing? You see, that's how we can have our soul refreshed and how we get to share that refreshment with others. So wherever you are today, I want to tell you the secret of this, the secret for your soul being refreshed is this. The difference between folks who are in Christ Jesus and aren't is those who are in Christ Jesus realize we're already dead, dead in our sins. Those in Christ Jesus have life and they can share that living water, they can share that refreshment of soul because it's Christ in them sharing the life, not anything we've done. It's because he's already finished the work. And when you realize that you're already dead, and the thing is, what do you do with it? And that in Christ is the only safe place in dying, then all of a sudden it makes a completely different outlook in how we look at life, how we walk through life, and what in the world we treasure in life. And so wherever you are, maybe you're walking in friction. And I just want you to, to walk in what Jesus told us to do. Just walk and let things go. Let things go. Let him hold it. Hey, somebody tries to get under your skin, give it to Jesus. Don't let them do it. Just move on. Love them. Have reconciliation and forgiveness in your life. Let it go. Doesn't mean you got to be everybody's friend, like I said, but it means there's always a seat at the table. Many people right now, hey, wherever you are, we believe in the Vine Church. Hey, we believe if you if the Vine Church isn't right for you, we want to get you to a church that is right. Because here's the thing. If you don't come to the Vine Church or you come two or three times and then... We see each other at the grocery store. Don't think I'm mad at you because you don't come here. I just want you to go to church somewhere. That's what we believe. We want to be around that. We want everyone to live their fullest potential. We want everyone to live life to their fullest potential in Christ. And sometimes that means you got to try different churches out to figure it out. Well, I want to let you know right now, if I see you, you've come two or three times to the Vine Church, and I see you out in the grocery store or somewhere else, and you don't come anymore, don't shy down the aisle and think that I'm mad at you. I'm not mad at you. The question I'm going to ask you is, where are you going to church? Because you're too valuable if you're in Christ Jesus to be sitting on the sideline. He didn't die for us to be sitting on the sidelines. He died so that we could go and share the hope of the gospel with the ends of the earth. So wherever you are, don't let friction stop you from doing that. The third thing that a sheep has to have in order to have rest and restoration is this. They have to be free from flies and pests. Free from flies and pests. We'll talk more about that even next week as we go through Psalm 23, verse 4, 5, and 6. But here's the thing that you have to understand. And here's the thing we have to understand. We talked about it really last week. Sheep or dumb. So are we. Anyway, we won't open that one. But wherever you are, here's what you got to understand when I say free from flies and pests. And this is what, what Philip Keller was getting at when it comes to that. For each and every one of us, the most dangerous and vulnerable position we are in is when we are the most comfortable. The most comfortable. Right now, many of us could say we have walked in an uncomfortable season and maybe we thought we were going to be walking out of an uncomfortable season and we just stepped 
right smack dab in the middle of another uncomfortable season. And I want you to know the place where flies and pests get you the best is when you're the most comfortable. The same is for sheep. When sheep are in the most danger is when flies and pests come and attack. And that's when they're the most vulnerable. And, and most danger is when they're the most comfortable. When they're the most comfortable. This is what I'm trying to say. And this is what, what, what we can see as David is trying to say. The dream of comfort in our life will absolutely lead to death. Jesus didn't die for us to be comfortable. Jesus, hey, Jesus didn't die for us to live the middle-class American dream. It doesn't mean there's anything wrong with having things, but in the end, when we give account for our soul, it's not whether or not we had a soul. It's what we have done with what we've been given. It's what we've done with it. Did we try to keep our soul and instead send ourselves to hell because we can't save ourselves? Or did we give our soul and lordship of our life to Christ? And so wherever you are, what are the flies and pests in your life that are robbing you from resting and being in the place where you need to be in order to live to your fullest potential in your life by having your soul refreshed? Flies and pests. Don't they come with the worst? Mosquitoes. Cicada season just happened. Like, isn't that the worst time that flies and pests come? You see, if Satan would stop any of us from doing anything, He's not trying to get 15 demons to come stop us from doing God's plan for our life and, and all this. Hey, nothing wrong with people preaching that. Just hear me out. I want to tell you, if Satan's going to do anything to stop us from doing God's plan, it's distracting. And the reason many times we're distracted is because we're trying to be more comfortable in our life than realizing Jesus died more than for our comfort. And so for each and every one of us, what are the flies and pests distracting our life? See, flies fly around. They just distract us, right? But pests make little nests. They nestle in. And it takes a minute. They're a pester to get away. That's why they're called pests, right? What are those things in your life? Maybe you don't know what that is. I just want to ask you a convicting question. What would your screen time look like on your mobile phone right now? Yikes, right? That hits all of us, right? And hear me out. It's not about the screen time you spend, it's what you're doing with it. If it's a distraction and it's a flying pest, it's robbing your soul of being refreshed. The last thing that a sheep needs in order to be rested and restored is to be free from hunger. Free from hunger. Free from hunger. Free from hunger. You see, many times we can lull ourselves into thinking that because we've got it good right now, that God is blessing us, and that has nothing to do with anything. God is good whether we're bad or not. That's why Jesus is here. So I'm saying in our life, and what, what we're trying to say is for the sheep, what is it hungering for, and is it satisfied? Christ, Jesus said this about us who are in him. He said those who are doing the will of the Father, those who are following Jesus will hunger and thirst for righteousness. See, we can only have that if he is the treasure of our life. So I just want to ask you today, what are you hungering and thirsting for? What are you hungering and thirsting for? Because it could be robbing you of your soul being refreshed. Verse 3 ends, He guides me along the right paths for his name's sake. He guides me along right paths. For his name's sake. 
See, when you hunger and thirst for righteousness, it's not that we are righteous, it's that Christ Jesus is righteous in us and his death on the cross and the life that he lived, the perfect life he lived, made us righteous and he rose again so that we can have the Holy Spirit. And it's like, that's what makes us righteous. Continuing to be righteous is following the will of God step by step, surrendering to him, dying and picking up our cross daily. So the question is, all the way through, wherever we are, we're in the season, we're asking God, what do we do now? We'll understand he will make us lie down in green pastures, lead us beside still waters. He restoreth our soul, right? And for each and every one of us, as we go and we can see that he's restoring our soul, we say, well, then he leads us along the righteous path. And we would love for that to end there, but this is the meaning of life. Why does he do it? For his name's sake. You and I aren't the hero of our story. If we are, it will only lead to death. But if Jesus is the hero of our story, there's no more earning. There's no more running on the treadmill of religion. There's no more trying to figure it all out on your own. There's no more trying to earn your way for God's blessing, earn your way for God's goodness, earn your way for the world to just turn something the right way. That's all gone. Instead, instead, if Jesus is the hero of our story, we've surrendered our life to him, and all of a sudden, we can see Romans 8.28 as exactly what it should be that he works all things out for the good of those who are called according to his purpose, right? He works it out for our good and his glory. God won't be mocked. All of this is for his glory. And I want you to see wherever you are, your life and my life in Christ will either push people away or attract people to the very God of the universe by having the still water in us, our soul being refreshed in all seasons, walking in paths of righteousness, but giving him all the glory for it. I want to end today with something that we kind of talked about all the way through uh, on Thursday night uh, as we've been going through Mark 5. We've been talking about this, the gospel of Mark, actually, with Mark 5 at this point. Missed a few weeks, but we're getting back in there. So join along with us. We're going about a half a chapter a week in Mark. But one of the things I got to share is something I want to share to you. So if you've heard it already on Thursday night, act like it's the first time. So I want to talk to you today about cat and dogs. Cats and dogs. The difference between cats and dogs. You probably know a few of them, but let me tell you. Here it is. Here it is. For a dog, this is what a dog says many times. I'm well fed. I'm taken care of. I'm petted. And I'm inside or outside, whatever. I got a roof over my head. I must live with God. Right? Its owner, they, they think their owner is God. Now, a cat, on the other hand, will say, I'm well fed, I'm petted, I'm taken care of, and I'm inside or outside, but I've got a roof over my head. I must be God. You see the difference? What ends up happening is a cat will want its owner to serve it because it thinks it's God, and a dog will serve its owner because it thinks that its owner is God, its provision, it's the thing that satisfies it. So the question really for all of us is, are we the cat trying to live for our glory, trying to make everyone serve us? Even though we don't like being called a dog, thing for red barns just is what it is and most of the time there's usually a, a creek or a creek in our neck of the woods 
And the reason that that's so important to me is what we talked about today. I love hearing running water. When I see a barn, I like seeing the animals. I want to know the first thing to take care of them. I can go to a petting zoo and pet a cow. Yeah, that's great. I don't know anything else about it. I just make sure I don't walk in cow patties, right? Like wherever that is, I just, I enjoy this. So this is something to me that helps me see the beauty of God. To see God's goodness is a red barn. I just, it's something about it that just reminds me of God's faithfulness. What about you? Is God reminding you of his faithfulness today? Is he trying to lead you to still waters, to restore and refresh your soul? Is he leading you in those righteous paths and you're trying to fight away from him because you're trying to get the glory instead of him? Would you just surrender to him today? Would you just lay it down at his feet? Jesus says it this way, and and he talks In John 7, he talks about being the living water this way. It says this, John 7, verse 37 and 38. Jesus stood and said in a loud voice, Let anyone who is thirsty come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as Scripture has said, rivers of living water will flow from within them. It says, believes in me, as the Scripture says. What do you treasure most in your life? You see, only in Christ can we find life. And so right now, we're going to say a prayer. It's not the words of this prayer that saves you. It's the faith that Jesus is who he says he is, that the scripture is true, that he is who he says he is, that he did for us what we couldn't do for ourselves. And what we're about to pray in faith is that we are surrendering our life to Christ. We are giving lordship of our life to Christ and that he is our treasure, that we know without him we are dead in our sin, we are an absolute wreck, we are narcissistic, selfish people because we are out for our pleasure and our own glory, but that will only lead us to death. But in him we can have life, and because of that we can have rest in him, we can have our soul refreshed, we can be satisfied, we can walk through fear. We cannot always be at odds with each other and, and friction with each other. And we can be free of the flies and the pests in our life, even though they try to come our way. And we can be free of hunger. So would you pray with me? With every head bowed and every eye closed, we pray out loud for the benefit of those coming to the faith for the first time. Please repeat these words after me. Dear Jesus, I believe I'm a sinner separated from you. I believe you came Live the perfect sinless life I couldn't live. Die the death I deserve for my sins on the cross. But love me enough not to stay dead, but rose again on the third day so that I may have life. Come take over my life, Lord. Teach me to follow you step by step the rest of my life the best way I know how. And wherever you are right now, you're going to see a hand that's raised. If you're listening throughout the week, I'm going to ask you to have the boldness to respond on the count of three. One, two, three. Would you, if it's the first time you've ever given your life to Jesus, would you raise your hand? Maybe you give a raised hand in the comments. Please reach out to us at prayer at divine.tv. Reach out to us through the app or you can shoot us a text message or phone call at 864-580-6698. We would love to celebrate this decision with you, but not just celebrate, but walk with you through this season Because I'm telling you right now, in this world that we live in, more than ever, we're going to see that everything fades. But Christ Jesus is the only thing that's the same yesterday, today, and forever. He's the only thing that refreshes my soul. Have an awesome week.
We can't wait to continue into Psalm 23 and Best Summer Ever and see you at the YMCA next Sunday. And always remember, the best is still yet to come.